pepperonis, lay heavy on you. Oh, well, I, was, I think it was just, I was too excited to go to sleep, which was more more than anything Yeah, else. it took me a while. To, I, had a, I had to have a cup of tea and uh, sit down for a bit. Just to, Yeah, to calm it all back down again. Mm-hmm. But, but you know what, though? When I got in bed, I was like, do you know what? How good is bed? <laughs> that, if that's not the name of this episode, I don't know. No, how good is Fletch? How good is Fletch? He's fantastic. What so, a guy. What a this, guy. This little chat that we're having now, this is this is gonna be the magic of editing, really, isn't it? This <laughs> is this isn't part of the regular scheduled programming. This is an, an impromptu insert. And we all love an impromptu insert, I imagine. Without Tim, Tim is is Tim part of this episode? I can't remember. No. I don't know. I feel like later in this episode, there is going to be some Tim. At the <laughs> moment, though, there's no Tim. Of course there's, there's not. no Tim. <laughs> anyway, we're getting sidetracked. We are. That's not what this is about. There can't be <laughs> another Tim bashing, because I imagine <laughs> in the other podcast, there's more of that. This is an extra little bit because, well, we didn't get to go to the neighbours reunion we were unable to make it um due to reasons we were a bit disappointed about that because we heard lots lots of good things about it apparently it was a fantastic evening some people's reviews probably went on a bit too long and were a bit boring but on the whole um it got like five stars from things and it sounds like we missed out a little bit uh so i was a bit good about that what yeah about me too i i feel like in all honesty we should have been a part of that uh not as spectators as we should have just been a part of that, I feel. If you're going to do a Neighbours Celebration tour, yep. you're not going to include the award-winning podcast? This is it. I mean, at the moment, I mean, we weren't the only thing that saved Neighbours, but I feel like we were a deciding factor in, in that. And no one has really celebrated our champion Neighbours as we have over the last... I, Go on, sorry. I just edited a clip from one of the podcasts that will be in the future. Oh, time trippy. Where you're saying this is why you're just explaining why Neighbours is the best show on TV and why it's great. That's probably worth a listen. And that's that's the thing. Like a lot of a lot of other podcasts and media outlets kind of just went, oh, Neighbours is ending. Let's we might as well leave it. We kept we were a rewatch, so we kept going throughout. We carried it going, surely. We did. We 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 held it aloft when no one else would. Yeah. We were Again, hold- though. This that isn't what this clip's about. It's <laughs> taking credit for saving neighbours. Basically, we didn't get to go to that show, but we went to another show instead. We did. Uh, do, you to, do you want to explain it a little bit? So, Alan Fletcher, of course, as we all know, Dr. Carl Kennedy, uh, is a musician in his spare time as well. He's, He's not just neighbours royalty. He has got a side hustle of quite a successful Americana musician. Exactly. So he's been on tour in the UK while Neighbours has been off air. Uh, they they are start commencing filming again soon. As if he hadn't got anything else to do. He's just finished the fucking celebration tour. And now he's just embarked on a, a musical tour literally around all of the UK, which is credit to the man, I think. Yeah. Hardest, hardest working man in, in the world, I'd say. The world. The world, yeah. I thought but you were going to say Neighbours or yeah. show business, but you went the world. Yeah, hardest working man in the world. Fair enough. The man said himself last night, he's got boundless energy. Who would you say is more hardworking, Alan Fletcher or Tim? Let me think about that one. Yeah, it's definitely Alan Fletcher. Okay, let me ask you another question. Who do you think's got more energy, 
Alan Fletcher or Tim? Uh, let me think again. I'm going to say Alan Fletcher. Good call, good call. <laughs> Who do you think's got more charisma? Alan Fletcher or Tim? Alan Fletcher's shoe has more charisma. <laughs> Who has more chest infections? Alan Fletcher or Tim? I'm going to go Tim. I'm going to go Tim for that one. <laughs> Who has more excuses for not doing this podcast? Alan Fletcher <laughs> or Tim? We're getting sidetracked. We're getting sidetracked again. So, Tim wasn't there last night, but Alan Fletcher was handy because it was his gig. And we went and watched this gig. It was what? It was Alan Fletcher and Lachlan Bryan. And not only them, but also Mrs. Alan Fletcher. Yeah, Mrs. Fletch. Who sold me? This very T-shirt that I'm wearing right now. My new favouritist T-shirt. And Adam is also... Well, well... I don't I don't usually do this. I I used to go to a few more gigs back in the day and I used I bought an occasional t-shirt, but a lot of the time you see a t-shirt, they're a bit shit. They look like they've made them themselves in the van on the way in between gigs. I think a lot of the time and they're not really worth the extortionate prices that I think a lot of t-shirts at gigs are. Um but I think we were both in agreement that when we walked into the the venue and we saw the merch table and we saw this t-shirt, we both went, "Fucking hell, that's a good t-shirt." That's a good t-shirt. I mean, should we describe this t-shirt? Go on, we'll put this out on the socials so you get to see. Yeah. But it is in the style of the Ramones, that great band that everybody has a t-shirt for, but only probably knows two songs, including yeah. myself. I actually probably put your name too. Um, hey ho, let's go. Yeah. Is that, is that a song yeah, or is that song. just some of the... And then Blitzkrieg Bot? Oh, no, that is the same song. Is that the same song? <laughs> there you go. There we go. Uh, so it's in the style of of the Ramones T-shirt, but instead of the Ramones, it says the Kennedys. And instead of members of the Ramones, it says Carl, Susan, Libby, Mal, Billy. It's a fucking uh, brilliant T-shirt, t-shirt, honestly. And there's some more great details in it as well. It says 1985 on it. Uh, it's got a little cricket bat. It says become good friends on there. It's a fantastic t-shirt and really nice quality as well. It's really good quality. I was going to say that. I'm usually and... quite funny with clothing. I've got I've got quite <laughs> sensitive skin. We'll I've get got... to your we'll get to your outfit before you bought the t-shirt in a minute. <laughs> um, but I would recommend this t-shirt. It looks brilliant. It's it's good quality. So I don't know if it's on Fletch's website or not, but if it is, definitely have a little look on there and get yourself one. It's really worth it. It's a real nice t-shirt. It's a fantastic t-shirt. It's my new favourite t-shirt. I shall be wearing it as often as I can. Uh, I will plan most of my outfits now around this t-shirt. Do you want to talk about your outfit to the gig last night? I thought I looked very nice and smart. Uh, you did. You did. Not really gig attire, if I'm being honest. <laughs> so, you know, last last time, or oh, I don't even know what, where we're at now in this fucking mixed up medley of shows that we are recording, but we, we give you a little bit of shit about what you wear um, and how you wear it. Um, one such recent example was your parents' evening ensemble. Um, it was odd, to say the least. Uh, made more odd by the fact that I went to a parents' evening um, just a couple of days later and nobody dressed like you did. They all just wore, like, normal clothes and that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, I, I, this is it. I don't think your clothes are weird. It's the the situations you choose to wear said outfits. Like, you know, waistcoat just for a podcast at your house. Weird. 
the pet like boy band like early early two thousands boy band outfit for a parents evening. Bit weird. Smart job interview meeting the wife's parents outfit for an Alan Fletcher gig. Weird. Wearing wearing just neighbours t-shirts for a podcast. Not weird. That's quite that's quite good. So it's yeah, it's usually the situation that gets you, I think. I think I looked rather da- dashing. You dashing. did, but we were going to watch Alan Fletcher sing some <laughs> songs in a theatre. Did you didn't have? I know you like we got a nice picture with him. We'll get to that. Don't we'll get to that, Tim. Um, but yeah, shiniest shoes in town. <laughs> well, I, that's what I was thinking about. I was like, well, we are going to go meet him, uh, yeah. so I wanted to look good for for the gram, so to speak. I'm very happy with how it came out. Well, we did get to meet him, obviously. We had a bit of a chat and everything. Um, Is it now agreed, decided upon, that he is the nicest man in the world? In the world, yeah, actually. Uh, Just just quickly, who who do you think is nicer, Alan Fletcher or Tim? Fletcher, straight away. (laughs) I'm not even going to think about it. Yeah, what a nice guy. Uh, should, Should we reveal some secrets right now? Yeah, why not? Yeah, so we had been in conversation beforehand. We'd sent a couple of emails back and forth. We have been trying to let, line something up for a little while. Uh, but he is, like I said, he's the busiest man and hardest working man in the world. So we couldn't quite make it work before or just after the gig. Because uh, he is he is on a UK tour. So fair oh, yeah, he's shooting off somewhere else now. He wasn't hanging about. Uh, but he did hang around before... And at the interval of the gig, meeting everyone, he had time for everyone who was there. If they wanted a picture, easily done. Um, He spoke to everybody. Um, It was a real mixed bag at the gig, which was nice. It was interesting. Um, And he had time for everyone, which was super nice. It wasn't just like quick picture, quick picture, quick picture. He was taking the time to chat to everyone. Um, By all accounts, that's what they were all like at the uh, celebration tour as well, which is pretty cool. Um, and one guy who was there said, and this this is just a, was a spectator. He said, "Aren't the um, the Australian soap stars, in particular, neighbours, so much nicer than the English ones?" Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, and he was right as well because Fletch, super nice, super nice guy. Um, he took time to speak to us, and are we allowed to say that we are hopeful? Is that where we'll leave it at the moment? We're hopeful. We are. Oh, first thing you said, I went, hi, I'm JK. He went, oh, of course, I know who you are. Don't worry. Yeah, he fucking did as well. Been, what, been warned about you. Yeah, it, oh, <laughs> it, it, he did have, he did look nervous to begin with. <laughs> no, so we obviously introduced myself and uh, obviously, like I said, we've been emailing back and forth for a little while. And first thing you said is like, when are we getting this done? When are we getting this done? Uh, like I said, he's the hardest working man in the world right now. So we're going to come up with a date very, very soon. And, and yeah, and he didn't hit us with "oh, talk to my people" or anything like that. It was just like, "Yeah, we'll get it sorted." Send me an email. Let's, like, let's get it done. I think he he was quick to say as well that he's obviously off around the, doing the tour, um, but filming. He's he'll be back in Australia within probably the next two weeks, um, and starting off filming the new episodes as well. So we are hopeful of getting him around that time to maybe have a bit of a chat about the tour. 
the celebration, but also the new stuff that is coming. Mm. He'll be filming by the time some we speak world, to him. Some world exclusives. You'll hear them here first on the Neighbourhood Rewatch podcast. Because he wasn't divulging anything. He, he took the time to tell the crowd at one point that he can't say anything yet, but he's going to tell us, right? Yeah, I People admit stuff all the time on this this podcast that they don't want to read. It's true. <laughs> and and after you've said it, it's out there. You can't take it back. <laughs> exactly. So you've got that to look forward to very, very soon. Um, if you haven't heard Alan's music before, go listen to it. It's great. I, I, How Good Is Bed is my favourite song of the entire year. It's a bit of a... A mantra to live by as well, isn't it? It's like, how good is bed? Like, yes. Next neighbor's tattoo is going to be that. <laughs> what would Harold do? How good is bed? Because <laughs> <laughs> the thing with this is, I'll, I'll be honest, I don't, I don't know his songs. A lot. We, we were mentioning it on the gig, on the way to the gig. We were like, oh, usually when you go to a gig, you kind of know all the words to the songs, and we just knew a, maybe a couple of the songs, but we didn't know the words or anything. So we were a bit like, oh, what's this going to be like going to a gig um, when you don't know the words? Um, fucking great fun, to be honest. Yeah, that and that's the best way for it. It's fun. It's catchy tunes. Yeah. You know, some great humour in there. And just, well, just jaunty little tunes. Exactly. We, we should say Lachlan Bryan um, was the band that... The main, um, the main band that for the first half of the show, um, mm-hmm. who were friends of Fletcher's, um, and he actually produced his latest album, The Point, which is pretty cool. Um, and they've been working together, collaborating, if you will, on a few songs. Um, and they theirs was really good as well. I got home and I um, immediately oh, yeah. first thing I did near misses, near misses. Yeah. I like the little story behind near misses as well, where the fact that they didn't call it greatest hits because they haven't really had any. Um, just a few songs. It was just songs that, that, that were close, but not quite. Um, and I liked that. That I thought that was funny as well. Um, but like you say, jaunty tunes, um, toe tappers. Um, but then also, um, you know those kind of songs that might play at like uh, an interest, introspective moment in Scrubs? <laughs> Little songs like that or like... You know, like the nice bit when someone's staring out the window in Dawson's Creek. Yeah. Little songs like <laughs> that. And I like stuff like that. That's a, like people think I'm a moaner or whatever. But I actually quite like those nice little thinky kind of songs. And there was a few of those as well about yeah. uh, being on the road and unrequited love and all that kind of stuff. I really, I thought it was a nice mix. Yeah, I really, that's part I really enjoyed as well. There was a nice little story behind every song. It wasn't just, and there's the next song. There was an explanation of, you know, this song came about because of this and this is what it's about. And it just, it just gives you a great appreciation. It was a bit like the VH, the, the old VH1 storytellers show where they'd like a band would play their songs and then they'd tell you little stories behind them. Um, and some of them were funny. Some of them were quite heartfelt. Uh, and that was from Lachlan Bryan and his band and Fletch. Like we got, we got the reasons behind both of them. Um, so I really enjoyed that as well. There was a few jokes in there, um, which were good as well. Um, Fletch is just he's just a natural storyteller whether it's free, through his acting through his songs or just through his little little jokey anecdotes I think yeah just a fantastic night all around if you haven't seen Fletch he's still got some gigs go to the website go see if you can get some tickets should we go back to the regular programming is Tim going to be there is Tim going to be there <laughs>
Which album do you think's better, Alan Fletcher's or Tim's? I'm going to go Fletcher's. I've got a question for you. Whose book do you think's better? <laughs> Alan Fletcher's or Tim? <laughs> G'day, this is Mark Rafferty, also known as Dr. Darcy Tyler on Neighbours. Alan Fletcher here, aka Dr. Carl Kennedy from Neighbours. It is Kim Valentine here, or Libby Kennedy from Neighbours. It is Jason Cruz here, also known as Nicholas Atkins. And you're listening to the award-winning Neighbourhood Rewatch podcast. The best podcast in the entire world. JK, Adam and Kim, thanks for taking me down memory lane. You are the best UK Neighbours that anyone could ask for. You seem tired. What's up? I haven't had a nap today, to be honest. <laughs> you have, did you have to speak to an adult this afternoon slash evening and now your head's completely fucked? Because I feel like this is what's happened. <laughs> you, oh, you, you know what? Fuck it. Let's talk about you at a parent's evening. What are you like at a parent's evening? I only see it from one side, obviously. You're on the other. Uh, did you... Right, what do you think, Tim? Do you think he was a bumbling fool? That's option one. Do you think he tried whispering? That's option two. Do you think he maybe like tried to do drop some grammar or spelling on them and try and make it seem like he was part of like you know what I mean on the same sort of what do you think he did? What was what do you think the vibe was from parents evening? I think all of those all of those three, with the addition of Dressed and had the general vibe and energy of Hugh Hefner. What did you wear for this parents' evening? Because I think Tim's onto it. Uh, what did I wear? So I wore this. I did have a scarf on, and then I had a nice brown coat as well. You fucking weirdo! <laughs> <laughs> so you had a you had a tight black t shirt and a scarf on, is what you're saying. You yeah. you showed up like a fucking drama student, is what you did. A pretentious. I'm I'm going to the theater after this and I just I'm here to talk about my son. Yeah. That's that's What's that show called Queer Eye for the Straight Guy? <laughs> I imagine you were fully fully cuz the black shirt, the black t-shirt, Darcy Tyler would be proud of it. Like he's painted on surely. It was a little bit cold outside so I so You wore a t-shirt. <laughs> because I was warm in the house. And then I had to leave the house. I was like, oh, I better put some on to negate the two between being <laughs> warm in the house and cold outside the house. This is Do you not same... think that was going to happen, first of all? Do me and Tim need to talk to you about, like, walls or something? <laughs> like, I don't understand. Like, you, you don't get the concepts of inside and outside now. No, I get that concept. That's why I understood that I needed to wear something. So you put, so you put a jumper on? No, I just put a scarf on. He's, that, was, that was sufficient enough. In his defense, like he's got to lose a lot of heat from that neck now because there's there's no there's no heat retention in this neck. Grand neck issues. Now. To be fair, I think anyone who wears a t-shirt and a scarf, though, Tim, I'm right. They're like that's next level in it. I I think that this is the same kind of mentality as t-shirt with a suit jacket. It's well, same... did we even let him finish? Is it t-shirt scarf? Suit jacket. No, it is a nice brown coat, though. What do you mean it's a nice brown coat? Just a nice brown coat. What does that mean? <laughs> it's, it's brown. Don't get it. 
He's brown. It, it, means, it means like the kind of coat that you might wear over a suit. Yeah, kind of, yeah. That sort of thing. Or if you were like a mob boss, you'd wear it, but not put your arms in it. You'd just wear it over you, that kind of coat. So it's a yeah. big like, overcoat? Yeah. What the fuck? I can't even picture this fucking car crash. And I bet he, he either wore nothing on the bottom or just like silk boxers and slippers. What did you wear on the bottom? Serious? What did what was it? Uh, jeans? Black jeans. Black jeans. Did you wear trainers or like quite shiny shoes? I wore shiny shoes. Where the fuck are you going for this? <laughs> he thought it was an interview. To be fair, I <laughs> bet he was terrified. They're like, or he was thinking that if there's anything that Seth's done wrong, he's getting all the blame for it. And he's going to have to sit there and take it. That's why he's exhausted now, because that's exactly what happened. He blatantly used all his fucking brain power to get through this seven-minute parents' evening. <laughs> I cannot I cannot imagine this outfit, honestly. Like, right now, like, I'm sure all our wonderful listeners are thinking, oh, there'll be quite a few you know what you look like here. I cannot picture what this looks like in my head. Honestly. If you give me... A minute, I can demonstrate for you. Well, let's be honest, you can just edit it in, so it's fine. <laughs> Go and get the full outfit, and we'll try our best here. No pressure to in a moment. I can't get my head around it. I I bet as well that instead of just getting there and saying hello, and then at the end went bye, I bet he struggled to do an intro and then an outro. Yeah, I think he did. He definitely did. I imagine he tried, he, he did some sort of, uh, you know, in Scrub, this is this is a separate thing. I've had two thoughts at once, so bear with me. Go for the it. first one is a Scrubs reference. You know that bit when JD's going on the date with the black girl and, like, he has this outfit on. <laughs> yeah. And when, it, when it's all together at first, yeah, it looks fine. He looks fine. But then as things go on, I think he hits, like, a, a squirrel or something. Yeah. And runs it up. There's loads of different things. And by the end, he's just got like this belly top on. Like, <laughs> I imagine that's what it looked like because he realized that once he went from outside to inside the school, he realized, fuck me, it's boiling in here. I've got a scarf and a massive brown overcoat on, like fucking John Motson, RIP. <laughs> Here he is. <laughs> I mean, it already looks a bit like his dad's coat. It looks like he's flashing people. He looks like you know what you, you know what you look like. <laughs> you look like you've got to pick a pocket or two. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you've got to pick a pocket or two. There we go. You look like someone who would like to have an aftershave out at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> you you know what you look like you look like someone who has driving gloves <laughs> do you have driving gloves no but I sometimes do drive with gloves on if it's cold because the steering wheel gets, gets cold that that honestly that look would be your album cover <laughs> it doesn't matter if your album came out in July that would be the cover you know that'd be that, what, what, yeah that looked like yes, an album know. cover for a former boy band member who <clears throat> failed. I I was I was legit thinking Blue, just anyone from Blue, yeah. who, who brought an album out that six people bought, 
And like you're looking all pensive and deep, but not because you're an idiot. That's the outfit. I was meaning the idiot for the person from blue, but it, it applies. But the, but but I think brown would be more appropriate. They, that's your there you go. That's the name of your band. Brown. The one man boy band, JK. It's just brown. <laughs> the brown album. <laughs> no, you made it cool now. Stop it. <laughs> That's the third album. Did you have any headwear on? No, oh, I didn't actually. <laughs> I was <laughs> the only thing that would have made that better if you had a backwards cap on. <laughs> Did you go by yourself? No, I went with Sarah. <laughs> and then was, was there like another adult? Were you supervised? No, no, just me and Sarah. So uh, where was Peyton? She's supposed to check what you wear before you leave the house. You don't work. Again, the only thing that makes this better is if Seth was wearing the exact same outfit. <laughs> that would have been fucking amazing. The only thing that would make it better if when they sat down, Seth just went, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> He's not Ah, I get it now. <laughs> Don't lump him in with you, you tight bastard. <laughs> what were the other parents wearing? Like normal clothes and that? I don't know, just I don't know, like pajamas or whatever. I'm gonna keep an eye out for that. I'm gonna see if anyone else pulls that out tomorrow. I'll keep an eye out. If not, do you, do you want? I can drop it off at yours tonight. So if if you want to wear it, no, I'm gonna dress like a professional adult. I mean. <laughs> not a teenager applying for Love Island <laughs> you know that's that's what it is you look like someone from Love Island whose sex tapes just come out <laughs> <laughs> and they've done an exclusive interview with OK Magazine yeah. <laughs> you're trying to backtrack a little bit and you're hoping that maybe if you can use your words, you'll be able to get out of it. But unfortunately, you've got a small dick and everyone's seen it. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't speak either. <laughs> Come on, we're done. Sorry. It was a fabulous ensemble. So you two recently, well, recently, about the last hundred odd episodes, have derided me for... Uh, being terrible at introing the podcast and outroing the podcast. So I've decided to go for some outside help, that outside help oh, being ChatGPT. Uh, so AI has done us an intro and an outro for the podcast. Now, we can do this two ways. I can send you the script right now, and you can read the script, or if you like, I can act on your behalf. What would you prefer? Isn't the whole point that you can't act... All it's done is write you a script. We could have done that. The outside help you needed has been trying to help you for the last fucking year. <laughs> so this is a thing that just writes it. Doesn't? I thought it was gonna. You were gonna play us now a clip of an of the the intro. Like it was going to be like Stephen Hawking doing "Welcome to the Neighborhood Rewatch." <laughs> All right. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll just read it out to you. So the trick is with ChatGPT is what you type into it that puts out. So I've given it a brief description of the podcast, told told it about the three of us and the, our kind of dynamic. And then I've asked it okay. to... Go on. First of all, what did you type in? <laughs> That's a good point, actually. I can't quite remember. Something about uh, award-winning podcast, 
JK is a great host, and you two get annoyed with me all the time. This is a car uh, crash. I, I I disagree. I think for the first good what three and a half minutes of the podcast, Jay having a conversation with himself, putting our voices on to fill the gaps. I'm all in for this. <laughs> you want this to die, Tim? Though we can't go off your opinions on this. Well, it's not going to go well. But he needs to see it because okay, telling okay. him work. <laughs> To be fair, I've done 100. I listened to a few of them back. They were pretty good. Met a few of the stars. I am happy calling it a day. <laughs> so, yeah, go for it. So, the AI-generated opening that it gave me is this. Welcome to Neighbourhood Nonsense, the podcast where three lifelong friends get together every week to discuss old episodes of Neighbours. But be warned, this is not your typical Neighbours recap podcast as we are more interested in making each other laugh than we are providing insightful analysis. I'm your host, JK, and I will be joined each week by my two co-hosts, Adam and Tim. I should mention that I'm probably ill-equipped to host a podcast, as I tend to stumble over my words and ruin well-known phrases. But hey, what's a podcast without a little chaos? Welcome to the show. How's your week been? Now, this is Adam's part, so I'm going to get into my Adam voice. Yeah, go on. I'm ready. Oh, fucking hell. Do we really have to talk about neighbours again? Fucking hell. It's bad enough that we have to watch it for the fucking podcast. <laughs> Where do you think I'm from? <laughs> you, you almost went scouse. Like, what the... <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Like... <laughs> uh, Tim, oh. your line is next. What are you going to do for my voice? Uh yeah, I'm I'm with Adam on this one. I don't even remember the last time I watched an episode of Neighbours. <laughs> I'm a posh little girl. Good. <laughs> JK, come on, guys. We've got a loyal fan base who are counting us to provide them with some laughs. Speaking of which, I came up with a new catchphrase for the show. Neighbourhood nonsense, where we talk neighbours, but most, mostly just bullshit. Adam, <laughs> sighing. Oh, fucking great. Not even pretending to take this seriously now, fuck's sake. <laughs> Tim, hey, speaking of bullshit, did you guys hear about the new neighbour storyline where the Kennedy family adopts a llama? Adam, sarcastically. Oh, fucking great. Neighbours wasn't absurd already. <laughs> so that's the opening it gave to us. Keep all that. And we'd be doing that. And that'd play every fucking week at the start, would it? Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it's got all the characters down. <laughs> hey guys, this is Marissa, the OG and the best of Summer Hoyland, and you're listening to the OG and the best Neighbours podcast, the Neighbourhood Rewatch. Lovely. Tell them about the socials. We're off and running now. Fuck it. Off and running. Yeah, chat GPT fucked us on the socials. He didn't give me a chance to say hello, and Adam a chance to say it right. So, fucked it, didn't he, fucking robot? <laughs> well, I'll 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 change that for next week. Don't to worry. To be fair, though, I listened to one of the early episodes, and it's still better than. Hi, let me tell you about Anchor. <laughs> so. <laughs> Socials at Watch Neighbor. Just type that in, you'll find us. WatchNeighbor.com is the website, or go on Linktree. Watch Neighbor, we're there as well. You'll find us, no problem. Uh, we've watched episodes four thousand and ninety-two to ninety-six. Because this is what we do. We are a comedy podcast that sometimes talks about Neighbours. And we talk about Neighbours because we've watched the episodes. Now, we're coming off a very, very sad time. The man, the myth, the legend, Drew Kirk, has passed on. 
That was fucking episode 99. We're on about 112 now. That was fucking ages ago. No, I am can... over it. Let's fucking get on. Well, we've given it a night. We've given it some grieving period, haven't we've we? We've let it breathe. We spoke to the man himself. So we're back to actually watching the episodes now. This is it. This is it. If you've started listening to us in the last couple of weeks and you're like, oh, all they do is chats and interviews with stars. No, that is not all we do. No. no. This, this, is, this is down to the nitty gritty now. You are sadly mistaken. <laughs> I, I can apologise on our behalf now. <laughs> Leave while you can. Yeah. Then, People might be thinking, oh, I wouldn't mind hearing what they think about some episodes of Neighbours. So that that's what we're going to do for the next, what, like 90 episodes now? Infinity and beyond. So I know we're overdue, but we still need to talk about three women who loved Drew and what they're going through right now after his sad death. Uh, the first one, his wife, Libby. She very much loved him indeed. And she won't accept help from anyone. She's just sitting at home on the stairs. She's got a perfectly good couch, but she's like, no, I'm going to sit on the fucking stairs here. I'm grieving. I'll sit on the stairs if I want to. And the house is a shithole. Susan's bringing over like food and stuff. And she's like, yeah, just fucking leave it over there. And then Susan comes back to the next day and is like, still fucking there. It's not even in the fridge now. Uh, it's an absolute shit though. But Carl's trying to push it because Carl's like, Carl's trying to be practical here. He's the one who's just, this is how he's pushing through it all. He's being practical. He's like, we need to get Drew, Drew's will sorted. Right? I need to find it so we can start sorting out affairs, which is the phrase they always love to use when someone dies. You sort out their affairs. Who would you like to sort out your affairs, Adam, if if you passed away? I don't know. I, don't, I, I feel like I need to get it all sorted myself, really, because other people just fuck shit up. The funeral special question that, and I like JK's like, oh no, fuck him, just let let my affairs just fucking yeah. be what. Yeah, be. what I'll do <laughs> is I'll get a fucking phone book and I'll just go like this, bing, that guy can sort out my affairs. I'll just give them everything. Way fuck my kids. Way <laughs> is that the answer to this this joke? Are you going to be no. ridiculous? Actually, I'm not, I'm actually genuinely interested if you two have a will sorted. No, I haven't. Have you not? No. Oh. Have you? Yeah. Yeah, I've had to rewrite mine. Well, uh, I've done it myself for the second time. That won't have gone well. No, this is awful, right? This You you now need to post this to us like you did with your CV. <laughs> I imagine it's the same. JK's will. That can be a Patreon special, not a problem at all. So what? give us a little bit of a background on it. Then. First of all, why did you feel the need to do a will? Did you have a near-death experience of some kind? Are you feeling older, even though you still get ID'd for things <laughs> that you probably didn't need to get ID'd for? What is the crack with the will? Why? It's uh... Where there's a will, there's a why, right? So come on. <laughs> That's just a joke. That's like a, a it, pun or something, isn't it, Tim? It's like... a, it's... But it make sure the money goes where it should do. And it makes sure that some of the money remains hidden as well. I was going to say, are you worried that a bit like a Disney Plus password, the wrong people will get hold of it? Exactly. So you've got to want you you've you've got to have a will sorted so there's no red flags going. Because if I die tomorrow, whoa, oh fucking hell, there's no will. Then they start digging. Whereas if I die tomorrow, and Payne goes, don't worry, his will's right here. They go, all right, cool, no problem. Don't no need to dig any further into this man's finances. That's reason number one. Could I come up with four more reasons? Probably not. Probably not. not. <laughs> Will it stop me? Probably not. Where's it all going then? Is it like, is it just money or is it like your important things like your Beano comics from way back when? <laughs> what, thing, what, what things are in this what, will? 
that's good. Well, that's a good point, actually. What things of mine would you like if I died tomorrow? What Thank you. you like? We got there. What are <laughs> me and Tim getting? Uh, as long as I don't you... get Tim, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> There's clear... He's going to leave both of us to ourselves, to each other. We'll have to figure that shit out. I bet there's loads of intellectual property, which is going to be a fucking, like, just books and books of riddles. Yeah. Yeah. And, Tim, you're going to be the one who's going to have to make sure they all get published. Yeah. Of course. To be honest with you, they'll probably make more sense than Tim's book, so... Uh, we'll <laughs> Adam, uh, you're going to be in charge of Post and Burning It as well. You make sure that any sort of correspondence gets burnt. To be fair, that's like that's the first ten seconds, isn't it? After you've died, I'll probably like the message will come through, burn everything. <laughs> and I can get that done straight away. It's gonna unfold like the Da Vinci code. We'll like we'll get a bunch of secret information. Like we need to travel to Paris and, and use this code to go. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I would love some sort of worldwide scavenger hunt after you died. <laughs> yeah. That I would I would that'd be so good. If you can start that now. That would be good. Uh, elaborate cross-country chase, that would be good, where we come into contact with all kinds of crazy characters. And we'll film the whole thing, obviously, and it'll be really good. Yeah. And then, in the end, you just end up on the swings that we used to go to when we were kids. Oh, but, that's fucking sad, that. Don't do that. No, but it turns out that you're on the swing. <laughs> that's it, then. Um, and me and Tim are just fucking fuming with you. <laughs> the fall and rise of JK. <laughs> We're not getting to any fucking neighbour stuff today, are we? No. <laughs> neighbour stuff, neighbour stuff. Yeah, so Carl's trying to find Drew as well. <laughs> that's how we got to that. Because he wants to sort that out. Because he's trying to be practical and that's how he goes through. But Livy just, just wants to sit on the fucking stairs. When you're just moping around, or when you need a good talking to, there's one character in the show who will give you a good fucking talking to. And it's the second woman who loved Drew. It is, of course, Summer Hoyland. Uh, she, wants to help, she wants to help Libby, so she shows up. She's like, I know you sat on the stairs, but can I come in? And Libby's like, oh, yeah, okay, come in. I can't really, I can't really tell her not to. She's a kid. Um, and she's like, listen, Drew gave me this bear once. I think he loved me, but I don't know. But anyway, here's the fucking bear back. Uh, it makes me... It made me feel better. Now it's going to make you feel better. And Libby looks at it and goes, actually, I do feel a bit better about this. And pretty much like that, Libby's all right again. She has one good talking to from Summer. And she's back. She's sorting out stuff. She's like, right, let's get his clothes. Here are Darcy. Here's some of Drew's clothes. Wear them. The rest is going to charity shop. Uh, his PlayStation. He's going to Luke. <laughs> she just starts sorting out his affairs. She's not all right at this stage when she's giving all this stuff out either, you know. She's like fucking a broken woman and she's hurriedly trying to get rid of all the things that remind her of him. She offers Dar- Darcy some shirts and ties because she doesn't know anyone who wears ties. And Darcy goes, This is a bit weird. He only died yesterday or whatever it was. And she's giving out all this shit. It's proper like. She is not fine at this stage. She's not going, ooh, we want some shirts and ties. She's like a broken woman. She seemed pretty fine to me. Completely missed that. Completely missed that. (laughs) Harrowing, post-death, great (laughs) acting that Kim Valentine is doing in this. You've just gone, she's probably fine now. It's just JK's traditional. She's having a jumble sale. She'll be fine. No. 
It's a classic, complete lack of sensitivity to all emotion. How often does that come up, though? It comes up a lot. So, Summer fixes fixes Libby. Sorted. Wasn't. Go on. (laughs) Right, I'm going to fix Steph now, because Steph is, of course, the other woman who loved Drew Kirk as well. Um, And she, again, just gives her a talking to. Who's that bike from, dickhead? She's like, I don't know. She's like, probably one of your thief boyfriends, wasn't it? She's like, oh, fucking hell. Yeah, but Drew was all right, though, wasn't he? Like, yeah, Drew was all right. And she's like, do you want to take me on a bike ride? Because I'm sad about Drew. And Steph's like, not really, you kid. I definitely shouldn't take you on this bike ride. She's like, stop being a fucking pussy and take me on a bike ride. And Steph goes, all right, I'll take you on a bike ride. Uh, Which Max goes fucking mental about because he's meant to be at like a dance recital or something. Or doing, I don't know what it is. It's been weeks since I watched these episodes. (laughs) Yeah, it's not that. (laughs) Well, it was something like that. Sorry, listeners, we're trying. Yeah, so I haven't watched this for fucking ages either, but I know what happened because I watched them. He is taking Boyd to cricket practice and he's made Oh yeah, Summer, that's Oh it. yeah. He's made Summer come along and she's fucking bored of cricket practice. So she goes out, she finds Steph moping a bit. She goes over and says, "You moping? I was moping. Should we go mope together? We won't go on a bike ride because that sounds like a fucking like a basket <laughs> little bike ride around the country lane." What she asks is, "Can I have a ride on your motorbike?" Um, and Steph's like, no, probably not. You're 10. And she goes, she does say what you said. Stop being a pussy and put me on your bike. Does say that very, very clearly. Um, <laughs> she puts her on the motorbike. Somehow has a tiny kid's helmet for her. Just just there. Pops that <laughs> on her head. And off they fucking go. Meanwhile, this guy, oh, I don't know who he is. I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about this guy who, who comes out looking for someone. No, I, I don't think he's going to. Oh, be- fuck him. He is looking for her. And then Steph comes back and he goes, what, have you just taken my 10-year-old daughter on a fucking motorbike? And Steph's gone, oh. She wants to lie. Summer's still got the fucking helmet on at this stage. She goes, <laughs> yeah, thought it'd be all right. Well, it's not, is it? Because she's 10. But again, just classic OG Summer, just getting about, causing some trouble but also putting out fires at the same time because Steph does feel a little bit better after their bike ride. She does. She goes to she goes to see Lynn and, and just has a good cry. Again, feels Why bad. is she crying? Do you know? Uh, sad about Drew. In the vaguest possible sense, yeah, that is the reason. Yeah, sad about Drew. So she has a good old cry up with Lynn and she feels better. Because you always feel better after a good cry, don't you? So Do you? I, I feel like this would make as much sense if I was recalling these episodes. Having <laughs> True. Adam Adam always remembers them more, but I, I feel like the more time passes, the more distant you two get apart. Like Adam remembers probably a good so, solid like eighty to ninety percent. Jay, you're on you're fucking forty percent at this point. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got the notes, Tim. Don't forget that. Notes, but like most of the story you just told didn't happen. <laughs> this is the neighbors rewatch, this is the neighbors rewrite. <laughs> Reimagining. So Summer, despite having fixed Libby and Steph, she's like, yep, sorted them. They're fine now. No problem. She's a bit upset. It's finally hit her that Drew's died. And she gets upset at Lou and Stu because they're having a little joke about Drew. But just like, you know, having good memories and and laughing about the good times. So yeah, she has a go at Stu and Lou for being disrespectful for Drew's memory. But Lou comes up with a good idea to release some balloons for Drew. Talk about a good memory about Drew and then release a balloon and let, let it go into into the air. 
just destroy the environment in his honor. Good. Yeah. Yeah. It's what Drew would have wanted. I agree. Kill a horse. That would have been better. Whoa, Kill a same. fucking horse. Like some Steve Irwin revenge. Yeah, just fucking kill it. Hog roast the fucking thing. (laughs) I don't know how effective it will be 23 years after the fact, but maybe what we can do next week is all get some balloons, say some nice things about each other, and then release them. Let's just go and fuck up some fences and release some horses instead. (laughs) So these balloons get released into the air. And end up on Ramsey Street, where Carl sees them pop. And that's the moment where Carl breaks down a little bit. He's going to see pop. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Doesn't. Oh, honestly, I love, I love what must go on in your mind. Because there's so much more than what you're actually looking at. The whole point. I'm sure they pop. No, the whole point of the balloons is that they float away. They do go past Ramsey Street, and ca- the the thing is, Carl's pushing Ben, Drew's little little baby son, in a pram, and he kind of stops, kind of him and the baby look at the balloons, and that's like the whole point is that sees the, the little baby's dad float. Like you'll never get to know him. It's quite a moving moment, but there's the last little bit of him floating away. Nothing pops. That would be fucking tragic. He's he's clearly got this emotional block that, oh, again, and it just goes, like, no, it's gone. That's the end. (laughs) It's not. They float away, and that's that's the thing. That's how the episode ends, because Carl's like, and he looks at the baby, and he's like, like, that's, you're never going to know your dad sort of thing. In robot, you don't like. People have said to me, a lot of people have said to me, I am not great with emotions and things like that. But I can fucking spot him in a soap opera when I see him. <laughs> I reckon in in Jay's head, Carl looked to the kid and went, "You're never going to know your dad." Lol. Pop 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 pop. Popping balloons. G'day, this is Mark Rafferty, also known as Dr. Darcy Tyler on Neighbours. And you're listening to the award-winning Neighbourhood Rewatch podcast. Though I'd like to know what awards they won. They didn't tell me. Rosie might be leaving. Yay. Lou bumps into Bishop McDermott, who's playing golf, just but not on a golf course. He's just whacking about on a field somewhere. <laughs> just go, yeah, just practicing my golf. Just <laughs> whacking it around Eaton Park. And Lou's like, hmm, okay. You're shagging that Rosie, aren't you? And Lou's like, yep, of course. Lou Carpenter, nice to meet you. And he's like, well, I've got some great news for Rosie. So Lou goes back to Rosie and goes, oh, uh, Bishop McDermott, whatever he's fucking called. (laughs) (laughs) Harold Bishop McDermott. And he's like, you've got some great fucking news for you. You better go see him. And so she goes to see him and she's getting transferred. The church are like, nope, we need her over somewhere else now. He put, I think it's New South Wales they need her. And I'm like, yeah, shit's going down. There's fucking hippies over there. She needs to go fucking get involved in her business. So Rosie's understandably fuming about this because it's kind of not fair, really, that the church can just go, yeah, you live here now. Pack your fucking shit and go. And she tries to talk about this with the people. And she tries to talk about Harold. And Harold's like, that's the fucking church. What are you going to do? They fucking tell, you know. They fucking tell you where to go. You got to do it. It's all part of the job. But Harold's like, but you know what though? I'm gonna try and fucking fight to make you stay. And he keeps on saying, "Oh, this community needs you here. This community loves you. This community wants you to stay here and live with me forever." 
and he clearly just means himself. What has she been doing this whole time? Is she? That's she's been just doing... like the busybody, isn't she? She's just proper nosy. Like whenever there's something wrong with something, like when Steph was feeling a bit shit, she wanted to play pool with her and tell her some home truths in the pub. Fuck off. Yeah. So what's what's the job? She's like Reverend. Have we actually seen her do that? No, because Lou burnt the church down. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Why haven't they transferred her out ages ago then? She's not doing yeah, anything. Yeah, they've had no church for at least a, probably six months now. Stupid fucking she right. She had the naked man off. calendar, which no one really approved of, and since then she's done fuck all. Her time is up, though. Yeah, it looks like her time is up. Uh, but Lou, Lou's like, oh, well, maybe I'll just move down with you. Maybe I'll sell at the pub. Because he was about to sell at the pub the other week, but then he couldn't because the guy pulled out. Uh, but he's like, yeah, maybe I'll just, I'll set, I'll sell things. I'll sort out my affairs up here and then I'll come see you down in New South Wales and off we go. So, yeah, it looks like she's on the outs, which is, she's great news. You know, the Lord taketh, then the Lord giveth. No, it's the wrong way around. And on the outs as well, that, what, <laughs> I don't mind on the outs. She's fucking out of the show, but the other one was <laughs> sorry, is it on the outers? I'm sure we did this once. We'll give you 20 seconds to sum up the rest of the show. Okay, are you going to give me a counting? I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a counting. Yeah, hold on. <laughs> right. Oh, hang on. Is there a fucking clock anywhere? Just my... fucking count, Tim. It's only 20 seconds. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, go. So D is milking the face injury to Max. Uh, Max, but Max sees through this straight fucking way, so decides to start milking her back. <laughs> she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> we need to do this more often. Not in that way. <laughs> That didn't happen. That, I know for a fact that didn't happen. I'm pretty sure those balloons popped, but I know that you can start milking. Wow. <laughs> me. Uh, what I meant to say is that he's he's in on the wind up, so he's trying to wind her up back doubly. So he gives her like some gourmet vouchers. He's like, oh, I'm re- I feel really bad about your face and everything because she's like, oh yeah, I've got some fucking. Thing wrong with my nose she makes something up she's like i struggle to breathe i can't smell anything anymore and he's like oh i've got you this gourmet meal voucher you and toady have a good old slap up on me because i feel really bad about it good old slap up good old slap up meal it makes no sense this because he's like oh i'm gonna wind her up but then he buys like gives her this expensive present it doesn't make any sense no because there is a punchline coming to this adam the punchline is oh it's the best it's the best prize i ever won in a raffle yeah, that's the punchline. Well, he could have just had the meal himself, though, and had a nice prize himself. So you ju- you have given something away, even though you knew someone was bullshitting you. It makes no sense. Yeah, but he's not got a. He he's probably something he wanted to do with his wife, but then his wife died. So he's could like... have done it with his. Could have done it with Rosie. Could have done it with a friend. Could have done it with his two kids. It makes no sense. No, I'm not. <laughs> 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 with Max on this one. I'm with Max on this one. Just give it so away. So if you had vouchers, you would just give them away? Yeah. 
I would. Uh, if 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 I died and still have vouchers as well, that he's would... not dead. He's in the show giving the vouchers away. So you are alive in this possible scenario. You've got some vouchers. Someone's proper like taking the piss out of you. And you've gone. Do you want some vouchers? Is that what you would do? Uh, you yeah. wouldn't. Don't even. Like, why, Tim? Come on. You stop watching the clock and c- come on. Well past the clock now. I I can't explain him at the best of times. Fair point. In his head, it makes sense, whatever he just said. I just, he's probably burnt them in the back garden before now. Well, no, if if you had these vouchers for something and then that something can't happen anymore, then... Well, no, that's not what happened. He didn't get vouchers, then his wife died and he couldn't have the meal. That isn't the story. He says, oh, it's the best raffle prize I ever won. He's just won these vouchers in some sort of work raffle or some the fucking church. I don't know. He's won this prize. This woman, D, is taking the piss out of him and having a joke. So he goes, do you want my vouchers for this gourmet meal? It makes no sense. No, it makes no sense. But Tony gets a good meal out of it, though. Yeah, fuck it. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. 20 seconds done, Tim. Done. That was a fucking long 20 seconds. Let's talk about the mystery gifts. That going on. There's been mystery gifts going around. I'm all, really confused now, so you're probably making all of this up. <laughs> another show that you watched in between these episodes, and you're getting confused. <laughs> no, because there was the motorbike on the drive, and then Flick got a bracelet, and she's like, oh, it's obviously fucking Mark, isn't it? So she hides this bracelet away in a charity box. So like, I'm just going to give it away. It's no point having it. He's just Who finds it? it? He's going to find it. Of course, Summer finds it. He's like, fucking great. This is better than some vouchers. And she's like, right, I'm going to fucking call this Mark and tell him to stop sending gifts. So she calls him, she goes, is this Mark? He goes, yeah, it is. <laughs> Why have you had to put that in? She goes, hello, is this Mark? And he says, yes, it is. Why have you felt that's a fucking highlight from three weeks ago, four episodes and eight, five episodes and neighbors? You won't watch four, that's not enough. Five is probably the right amount. <laughs> Go on. Just, just so you get the full picture, that's all. Here's the thing with this. She rings him up. He says, She says, stop sending me the bracelet. He says, never sent you a fucking bracelet, dickhead. Here's the thing. I want you to go back to a few episodes ago, before we interviewed all the stars and neighbours, where you went, oh, it was definitely Mark. They've just made, this is the end of this storyline. And I went, are you sure? We don't actually find out that it's him. And you go, oh, yeah, it's, yeah, you do. It's definitely the fucking end of it. He definitely sent that bracelet and that motorbike. Yeah. And that's the end of that conversation. So I'm glad this has come full circle. And I'm glad you've remembered it. Go. <laughs> yeah, I was wrong, Adam, and you were right. Can you clip that, please, Tim? <laughs> <laughs> and Tim, you should have picked a side, really. Can't stay neutral over this, Tim. I'm all about the Swiss. <laughs> so, like I say, it's been a bit shit this week. There's a lot of moping about Drew. Everyone's just trying to get on with their lives. But as always, there's one. Man doubt. There is one man. Who can lift our spirits? It is a <laughs> music. Hear the fucking music. Of course, we're talking about Darcy, the ego himself. So Chloe Lambert, remember Chloe Lambert? Oh. Mark Lambert's mum. Mark, of course, not sending the motorbike on the drive or the bracelet. She's having an asthma attack. Just chilling outside Lou's pub, having an asthma attack. Darcy runs over. Don't worry, I'm a doctor. I'll sort this. And he and he sorts her out straight away. 
How does he sort it out? Because I thought this was weird how he sorts it out. He says, I've got some spare inhalers in my car. I just don't think that would be be a thing that she can just take like a random inhaler from a man's car. It seemed a bit odd to me. I imagine Dr. Darcy's got all sorts of medicine in the boot of his car. And at any point you can just go, what do you fucking need? If he's short, if, if his cash flows were in a bit tight. You know what you look like? <laughs> you look like someone who might have whatever someone might need hidden in their coat. (laughs) (laughs) So he gives her the inhalers. And as she's walking away, he just goes, she's looking all right, you know? He doesn't. Carry on. (laughs) No, that's exactly the look he gives. This is what Jay was What happens is he goes off. She gives him the fucking look. Darcy is innocent in these games, I think. No, he's never innocent in these games. They just, he just gives her a glance going, yeah, she's looking pretty good for a, for an older woman there. You know, if the opportunity ever arose, I would definitely take it. And the opportunity does arise almost instantly because Chloe Lambert then just starts following him around Erinsborough. Because she thinks he's a bit of all right. Yeah. Follows him into the coffee shop. And he's like, all right, hello again. Yeah. You're like, you're not dead, dead from the asthma then. She's like, nope. Uh, so, have you got much of a social life going on? And he's like, mm, not really. I'm, you know, well, doctor. She basically, she goes, hey, Darcy, you banging anyone at the minute? (laughs) That's what she says. Because I saw you with that 10-year-old the other week. (laughs) And he's like, whoa, 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 nah, nothing. No, no. If anything, it was reverse pedoing. Um, He says, no, I'm not currently attached after all that shit I went through about shagging all my patients. And she goes, good to know, and just wanders off. And then, yeah, follows him into the next shop and goes, so, you want to go and watch a play? And he's like, yeah, I like watching plays. It's like, great, because my husband's not going to come, so you can fucking come instead. The play that they're going to go see is The Graduate. Do either of you know what the, the plot about The Graduate is? Yeah, of course. It's a world-famous play uh, slash film slash book. Is it? Because I didn't. I had no clue what The Graduate was. How? I don't know. I've just never seen The Graduate. Well, there's references to it in pretty much everything. The like When, when there's like an older woman after a younger guy, it's to do with The Graduate. That's like the whole... Like The Simpsons did it for definite. Loads of, loads of places, loads of shows did it. No, this has only just come to light to me. Do you know who Simon and Garfunkel are? I do know who Simon Garfunkel is. Do you know Mrs. Robinson, the song, that song? I do know Mrs. Robinson. That's from The Graduate. It's the most famous, famous song, probably. Is it? So is the woman is in the it? called Mrs. Robinson? So that's who the woman is. That she's called Mrs. Robinson. Do, 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 do. Yeah. And here's to you, Mrs. Robinson. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's nice. I, I enjoy that song. I'll enjoy it even more now. Jay doesn't understand the idea of a man fooling around with someone who's older than him. Well played. <laughs> but Darcy certainly does. Because he's like, yeah, I'll go fucking watch The uh, Graduate with you. Everyone tries to find him. I'm going, oh, you know what The Graduate's about? He's like, no, I've not seen it, you know? Yeah, he's you! This is a fucking problem! <laughs> <laughs> he, does, he legit says that. He's Even like, Summer, OG Summer comes up and goes, I'm 10, but I know what The Graduate is. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Carl winds him up, Flick winds him up. Now, they get chauffeured to the theatre. He's like, yeah, I'm here to pick up Chloe. And she's like, oh, we're not going to your car, dickhead. Chauffeur. Uh, and he's pretty uneasy about this. Is he, he, he's he's definitely out of his comfort zone here. Um, but Chloe puts him at ease. She shows him off around everywhere, and he's like, "Aren't oh, people going to be talking that I'm not your husband?" And she's like, oh, "I don't give a fuck about that." 
Uh, but don't worry, I'm about to introduce you to a heart surgeon. And then Darcy realizes, like, oh, shit. Not only am I going to get bang this this older woman, this could be good for my career as well. Double bubble. And free champagne. And free champagne. He's smashing it. Triple threat, that. That is the triple threat, indeed. So, should we do the uh, chat GPT outro? Is that the end? Have we got to the end? Yeah, we've talked about it, yeah. Darcy's on the up, which is nice. That's all we need to know. That's all we need. What a great way to finish. Right, come on then. So you, we all know you struggle a bit with the intro, the outro. You've got got some help. I struggled with the middle as well today. Yeah, fucking shambles today. If you could just get (laughs) someone to write it all next week, that'd be great. You've got an outro for us as well. Is this, are you going to read it out? Have we all got lines in this? Is this a... You've all got lines again, but I'd like to take, I I think I embodied you both quite well before. Interesting choice of words, but yeah, go on. So I'm going to see this through, if that's okay with you two. So the AI-generated closing is JK. All right, guys, that's a wrap for this week's episode of Neighbours and More. It kept on giving it different names. I have to say, I think this one was our funniest episode yet. You're not reading this right, even now. I this do. meant to be the problem that you're avoiding and you're stumbling over this. <laughs> Adam, yeah, but mostly we spent half the time roasting you, JK. Honestly, some of the things you say make me question even if we're even on the same fucking planet. <laughs> Tim, chuckles. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong there, Adam. I have to admit, JK's strange view on life always make for great comedy. JK, hey, I'll take it. At least I'm good for something. Laughs. Ah. Adam, oh, but seriously, it's always a blast catching up with you guys every week, even if we don't get talking about neighbours half the time. Tim, yes, we always start off with good intentions, but then we end up on a tangent about something completely unrelated. Okay. Hey, that's what makes our podcast unique. We're not just another boring show where people talk about the same thing every week. Adam laughs. Ha ha ha. That's a good one. <laughs> yes, I guess you're right, but I still think we should try and stay a topic a bit more. Tim, jokingly. I was thinking we could do the whole episode dedicated to JK's strange views on life. What the fuck is that, boys? <laughs> JK, worse. Hey, that could actually be pretty funny. I'm sure our listeners would love to hear more about my theories on why pineapples are the superior fruit. Adam laughs. Oh, fucking hell, here we go again. <laughs> Tim, all right, all right. Let's wrap this up before we get sidetracked again. Thanks for another great episode. Same time next week? JK, you know it. Can't wait to see what crazy things we'll end up talking about then. Adam. Yeah, who knows? We might actually talk about some fucking neighbours. Tim, don't hold your breath. All laugh. End. End scene. There we go. Hit the music. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs>